Hey guys, my name's Melissa. Let's talk about anime. Okay, um, just quick side note before I get into the episode. This one goes out to one of my best friends in the world, Hector. Um, he really, really, really wanted me to watch Edge Runners, and I told him I would, and I've been really dragging my feet about it. <laughs> Only because I'm just sometimes the worst when I need to be but also there's been so many anime coming out this month and I just always fall behind but I finally took some time to watch it today so this one is for you because I know how much you like cyberpunk and I will say I was pleasantly surprised so jumping straight into it I I was not in the right headspace for the first episode, honestly, as somebody who has been dealing with multitude of financial issues herself and trying to find a new job. Um, this episode of Edge Runners was a great introduction of the entire universe as well as, you know, the protagonist's story, but also just a reflection of our society and kind of like infiltrated personally my life because of it kind of I, I relate to the struggles of how expensive it is, it is to like live in this fucking world but also it's pretty fucking expensive to die in this world as well so you know it was just a lot of like home hitting topics all at once but it's so good so let's get into it so David Martinez first of all we love the Latino representation. And I actually watched the series dubbed, which I never do. I liked to hear an authentic accent coming from his mother. And then it just fucking sucks what happened to his mother. But let's get into it. David Martinez, he is a little run-of-the-mill, you know, lives in kind of like a slum area. And he goes to this prestigious high school. So if you're not familiar with the cyberpunk universe, I guess they're kind of like androids. They have like little chip slots on their necks where they can insert, you know, upgrades, new enhancements, things like that. And the school he goes to, because it's so prestigious and important and big, there's a hefty tuition price attached to it. Something that, you know, his mother probably does not have the money to pay she seems like she's like some kind of paramedic type of situation and you know even paramedics in this day and age does not make a whole lot of money so it's kind of a good representation of that um and you know david because you know you gotta make you gotta live your life with the resources that you have in order to cut corners he illegally modifies his cyberware so he doesn't have to pay for the required update. <laughs> and his mother, and you know, we love our um our mothers as a person of color. They're very like, do things by the book, follow the rules. If you need money for the modification, I will give you the money. But he obviously was like, no, that money can go towards something more important. I can get a modification. I just need to illegally obtain it, which is exactly what David does. However, it ends up crashing the school system. Um, so now his mother has to pay for the damages and she's like begging the principal to like keep him in school. He needs his education, which is honestly what all moms that come from 
rough backgrounds want for their children. They always want, you have to be the first one to graduate from college, the first one to have a good paying job. They, they always want those first for you because they weren't able to obtain it in their lives. And so she's driving home and she's trying to explain this to him. And he's like saying, well, you didn't have the money when I asked for it. And I told you I have a means of getting around it. We don't need to like like, you didn't have it, I can do it. And she's just like, no, that that's not how you do things. And he's just like brings up this, you know, the solution of, hey, what if I drop out of school? And, you know, she took that personally because she's like, what am I busting my ass for? What am I doing all of this for if you're just going to turn around and drop out of school? No. And so that really hurts her. And it hurt me because, like, both of these, ugh, I, I hate... Seeing, like I said before, I hate seeing good thing, bad things happen to good people. And you can tell this mother just wants the best for her son. And you can tell the son just wants to not be a burden to his mother. So he's trying to do these illegal upgrades. This way his mother doesn't have to spend money on him. It just sucks. And then <laughs> the fucking drive-by happens. And when I tell you, I was laying in my bed when that scene happened. And all of a sudden, they just start shooting out the car. And first of all, I thought homegirl died i didn't even realize she backed up like her son did and like it seems like that's just a normal occurrence in the cyberpunk universe because even when david had left earlier in the episode he just walked past this dude sleeping on the ground in front of his door he's walking past all these areas of like depravity and like you know people shooting up people masturbating it was ridiculous and i was like you know what is it ridiculous because i have to walk around harlem like all over harlem east side and west side for work and it's sad because you become kind of like conditioned to realize this is a normal day in the life of some harlem nights like seeing people literally shooting up at 9 a.m. on my way to my first store, like seeing people fighting, seeing people smoking. It's like, yes, this happens on a day-to-day and this is normal. So the fact that I was looking at that and I was like, why is he just walking past that like it's normal? And I'm like, wait, I do that five days a week. (laughs) This episode hit so many fucking areas of my life. And so after... Once the shootout happened and David is yelling at these, I forget what he called them, but I guess they were like special paramedics and they like scanned her body and his body and they were like, these aren't the ones. I'm forgetting what they said. But like, basically they weren't important enough to save, I guess. So they walked off and they probably could have secured her condition a little bit better if they had taken her initially to get help. So... I guess David manages to drag him and his mother to a hospital and his mother has to be committed. And the doctor tells him, hey, your mother's stable. She needs to stay in the hospital for a couple of days. And what made it even sadder, David's like, well, can I go visit her? And he's like, well, you have a discounted package and visitation isn't included in that. When I tell you my heart broke, I was like, y'all ain't really gonna let him see his mama. But once again... Money is the root of all fucking evil. So everything costs money. That is literally how it is in the real world. Maybe not to that extent, but like it's sad because 
what ends up happening later, David goes to school. And because remember, he fried the fucking school system. Now these students are mad at him. They're not even mad that he did that. They're mad because he's poor and they don't feel like he belongs there. Mind you, David is probably smarter than all those bitches at that school. What was this fucking dude's name? The upper, not the upperclassman, but I guess he's I guess his father is like one of the deans of the school. And so he's like picking on David for being poor, something David can't even freaking help. And he hates that he even manages to be in the school. And David knows he just needs to stay to appease his mother. But then Katsuo is his name. He he beats him up and it, it, for no reason, for literally no reason besides being poor. And it's like, Homie, how are you mad that I don't have money? Don't you think I'm mad that I don't have money? I didn't ask for this life. But he beats him up anyway. And what makes it worse, after Katsuo beats him up, David gets a phone call from the hospital talking about, yeah, your mother's condition actually worsened, so now she's dead. And David doesn't even know what to do. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, these are your funeral packages. You can either have the body dropped off to your house or you can arrange a burial service, which means you can have the body dropped off at your house because he clearly can't afford a burial service because it's too expensive to even die in this world, in that world and in the real world. I plan to be cremated once I pass away because I believe zombies can happen and I refuse to be a part of that. When when Raccoon City makes its way to New York City, because of course our city would be the first to go, I'm just going to end it. You won't catch me slipping. I refuse to be a part of the zombie apocalypse that is bound to happen because y'all want to mix Tide Pods and ammonia and create mustard gas and toilets. I just, I, I'm not about it. I, I would rather be gone. <laughs> I'm sorry. But back into this. Basically, he gets her cremated and he has an urn. It basically looks, it's a very industrial style looking urn. <laughs> and he has to like force his way into his apartment because, you know, the rent's due. He didn't pay rent. And there's like a sign when he walked up to the door said, um, rent overdue, pay your rent. You'll be able to go back in. And he just sneaks in through a window because he's badass. Um, and so when he was going through his mother's things, he found this modification and he asked the doc, which can we talk about doc real quick? Homie is just forever horny. Why? (laughs) This is why the world of VR is going to be so trippy. Homie just like having threesomes on the regular. He did not give two shits if anybody was in the room. Pussy pumping everything (laughs) but doc um doc's kind of an asshole he like told him ten thousand one day then the next day he said six thousand he's trying to lowball david but then david's like no fuck this shit implant this shit into me i want to use it so um he does he he once he gets it installed and um that's when we get into episode two so let me just say i love studio trigger I I just want to put this out here. I love Studio Trigger, and I'm glad I'm going into this anime completely blind. I don't know anything about Edge Runners. I don't know anything about Cyberpunk. I haven't played the Cyberpunk game. I have the ability to play it, and this anime is probably going to make me want to play it. But I really like when a universe have 
enhance multiple forms of media to enhance the experience. Final Fantasy XV also did this. However, I'm pretty sure Final Fantasy XV had the animes come out first and then the base game came out. And I didn't really like that format of it. I liked how Cyberpunk did it, how they released the base game. And I know a lot of people brought the game and it wasn't up to everybody's expectations. But releasing the anime afterwards, I feel like should drive more attention back to the game. And this definitely makes me want to play the game. I like the story that they're creating for the universe. And Final Fantasy XV, even though I wasn't a fan of the animated um, portions, I love the game for that series. I love Final Fantasy XV with every fiber of my being. So I... (laughs) I have this vision. I have this dream of mine. I have a universe that kind of works on this format. Like I want to do a game. I want to do a show. I want to do a book. I want to do a light novel. Like there's so many different forms of media to kind of enhance the universe because I feel like one form of media can't succinctly, like it can't like portray the entire story. Like some things just work better in video game format while other things just work better in like a movie format or a TV show format. And when you have so many different forms of media at your disposal, why not use all of them to curate your universe? But yeah, that's just, um, that's my feelings on it. I'm going to have a road like that. I'm going to work on my my screenplay. I have big dreams and they're going to happen. But anyway, let's get into episode two. So Doc Im- implants this crazy ass, weird ass fucking update to David. And you know, the first thing David does, he's like, oh, I'm going back to the school and I'm beating the shit out of this prissy ass, skinny ass bitch. And that's exactly what he does. Homie breaks Katsuo's nose. When I tell y'all I would send him my bed, I was like, beat the brakes off that bum ass dude. Because once again, how are you going to be mad at me that I'm poor? Bitch, <laughs> do you think I want to be poor? Like, <laughs> So that was very refreshing. But then I was like, oh, you're, you're definitely getting expelled. <laughs> and he did. But um, like I said before, Katsuo's freaking father is like a dean or a principal or whatever in the school. So somebody thought it would be wise to send the video of him beating the dog shit out of Katsuo to their father. And the only thing going through my head is like, why would y'all show him this? And he literally says that too. He's like, why would you show me a video of my son getting beat the fuck up? (laughs) I think, I think homie was like, I know my son's a jackass. And honestly, that ass beating looked well-deserved. But why would you show me that? (laughs) It's like, yo, they ain't got no respect for homie. But um <laughs> he gets expelled. And I guess because his father's like super important, they're like, um, homie has like this super restricted, super important like tech installed in him. But he's not having any weird um side effects like the what do they call it? Psycho cyber psycho psycho cyber something like that and he's not experiencing those side effects of it so they're like he's the perfect guinea pig basically for the tech that they also want to you know practice with so they want to use him as a subject for their product so now at this point they want to look for where david is and remember they had already expelled him so now it's kind of like a wild goose chase so now he runs into lucy on the train as she's stealing 
um, chips out of people. And she tried to steal David's and David managed to stop her. And hold on, pause. Let's talk about David's ability. Was anybody else getting Kahlua Kahlua vibes from Hunter Hunter when he kind of like slowed down time and those multiples of him showed up as he was moving around and like stealing the chips and like beating up on um beating up on Katsuo like did anybody else get Kahlua vibes because I got it and I was like fuck this is making me want to watch Hunter Hunter again but I didn't (laughs) even though I really do want to now that the manga is coming back um but now her, him and Lucy, they now work together stealing chips. I guess this is Lucy's like side gig or her main gig. She's an edge runner, I guess they're called, hence the name of the show. And she steals chips and I'm assuming she sells them back to get money. And so they work on an agreement because, you know, David is kind of fucking broke and he needs a job. And even if it means being a pickpocket, even though he seemed like he was really against it in the beginning, but he kind of like fell into it because he realized, holy shit, I'm actually really good at this. Lucy's actually super fucking cool. And now this is like, this is a surefire way of me getting money. But unfortunately, something I thought was going to happen, David ends up overextending himself and overusing the ability. So he ends up like bleeding profusely out of his nose and he has to be taken to like some makeshift clinic that Lucy knows of. So they end up having to prescribe David some suppressants. So he doesn't use, so he doesn't like, you know, fall from fatigue or get, like sick from overuse but he's not supposed to use it more than two to three times a day something tells me he's not going to listen to that honestly like most anime characters our protagonists typically don't remember when Ichigo first learned to get to Gatensho and Urahara told him listen you can only do about one of these don't go around relying on it. And then Ichigo turns around and is able to spit them out 10 times in a single boss fight. Like, that's just how it is. He's going to eventually get used to it. So the whole, oh, you can only use it three times a day. Like, I was like, he's not going to listen to that. I don't know why you told him that. You already gave him the suppressants. Homie is going to be like, well, I have the suppressants so I can fire this baby off 100 times if I want to. But it doesn't even matter because him and Lucy... End up going back to Lucy's house. And now I'm happy because that means David isn't technically homeless. That was the only thing I was worried about. Because he seems like he didn't really want to go home. David might be very depressed. Um, He seemed like he really wanted to continue pickpocketing. Because he needs the money. And this is the issue when you have to rely so heavily on money. Because everything in the world costs money. You overwork yourself past the point of no return. So Lucy ends up taking him back to her house and they end up doing like this weird VR thing where she takes him to the moon and they just, I really, really enjoyed this moment because, you know, the entire previous episode and a majority of the second episode, it was just David kind of going out on revenge and being depressed and moping about the fact that his mother died and nobody seemed to care. And it was nice to have somebody like Lucy show him, hey... There's more to the world than just, you know, the fact that everything costs money and that this planet is fucking garbage. And she wants to migrate off world and she wants to be around the moon. And even though David isn't really like he doesn't really understand the concept of that, he starts to open up to it. And I like that pretty moment they had, even though um, 
Lucy, it turns out, ends up selling David out to the Edge Runners. So that was nice. That was a nice realization when David woke up out of the VR thing and Lucy's just sitting there while people are pointing guns at him. And then my heart broke and I was like, oh, I, I can't have anything nice. Why, why would they do this? <laughs> it made me sad. But um, that was episode two. And... I'm probably going to do this maybe in two more segments. I'm not entirely sure. The the episodes are only half an hour long and the series is only 10 episodes long. And they already said they're not doing a season two, which sounds just about right. So I like that the series is short. I like that it already grabbed me in the first episode. David is a very likable character. Lucy is nice and mysterious, just the way I like them. So I'll be able to stay intrigued into watching what Lucy's backstory is. This is a really, like, this is a a great job that Trigger did. I got, like, reminiscent vibes of 90s animes. If you remember Ganex, it was like super popular back in the 90s. You have Evangelion, you have Fooly Cooly, Abinabashi, Gurren Lagann. Like, I got all those feelings from back then. And I watched a lot of those shows when I was a kid. And then, you know, Kill la Kill with um, Studio Trigger. You have Space Patrol. You have um, Darling in the Franks. And the only time I actually can stomach... Um, mecha animes was when it was produced by studio trigger organic so it's just their style it feels very old school but also updated and it just even though some people say like oh the animation's clunky and it's like is it clunky i like how like all over the place it feels i i love this stylization of anime and this is why i feel like people flock to studio trigger because even though they don't produce a whole lot of shows the shows that they do come out with they're just so fucking badass when kill a kill came out I was all over Kill a Kill, even though it was, it was so like out of left field of series that I would typically enjoy. So I really, really like Cyberpunk. I really like what the series has um, introduced me to worldwise for the game. I may just pick it back up again because why not? It looks like an interesting concept, even though Cyberpunk is a open world type of game that I'm not the biggest fan of, but if the story is anything like this, it's worth just checking it out, you know? And I would love to design my own little cyborg. So this was fun. I can't wait to finish the remainder of this series. Um, and I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. This was a very enjoyable first two episodes. I can't wait to see what type of explanation Lucy has cocked up for David. And I really hope David has a happy ending because I feel like his life has been sad enough. And, you know, I would love, I, I can't wait to see where we go from this. But that is it for me talking about Edge Runners. Thank you guys so much for listening again. I have a couple of new listeners, so I, I really appreciate people taking time to listen i am currently live on a couple of different streaming platforms now um i've worked on that over the course of this week so i'm happy that there are more um platforms that people are able to listen to it on if they weren't able to do so if you just look up essential mel talks on most 
popular streaming platforms like Spotio, like Spotio. Who is Spotio? Like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. I'm currently live on there, um, as well as AudioMag, SoundCloud, The Works. Um, if you want to just find places to connect with me, you can follow my Instagram and my TikTok at Essential Mel Talks. Um, I just really talk shit about anime and manga and video games if you want to just follow me on any of those platforms or if you want to reach out to me um and if you want to give me recommendations i think the only two anime left that should be getting a series would be my hero academia as well as chainsaw man i really have to find time to put those shows out for you guys and i actually have to find time to sit down and watch them because i have not watched um chainsaw man yet nor have i started this season of my hero academia so i really need to work on that but um thank you guys so much for listening and i will see you in the next episode